0: self-esteem and family problems, peer group issues. Now, whether your teen daughter seems to be doing just fine, or perhaps she's struggling mightily with life pressing in from every side, you're going to find trusted advice in this Focus on the Family broadcast to help you help your teen cope in today's world. Psychologist and author Dr. Julie Slattery is our host today. I'm John Fuller, and as we begin... Uh, Julie, I'm guessing we might get into some content that uh, is going to be a little difficult or not suitable for younger listeners.
1: Well, John, that might be the case, uh, because when we talk about teenage girls, certainly things come up that we need to address that might be a little touchy. um, But there are so many parents right now who need practical advice. They need encouragement through these years because they're so formative. Uh, A young woman in those preteen to teen years, is really establishing who she is as a woman.
0: And as you know, Julie, that's right where I'm living. We have three teen girls, and uh, they're each unique. They have wonderful qualities. They also have some pretty common struggles and concerns, a lot of those related to self-image and uh, self-confidence, and uh, some of those uh, related to what one of those girls calls hormones, (laughs) which uh, make those uh, moments sometimes come up where I just wish I had a man cave to run to with the three of them uh, dealing with all that. But I love those girls. I really do. And I think most parents want to walk through Uh, our teen girls through the difficulties and challenges and pressures, we just need some encouragement and help along the way.
1: Mm. Well, John, you mentioned the man cave, and I live in a man cave. Yeah, you do. (laughs) As you know, I have three boys, and two of them are teenagers now. And so we're dealing with the hormones of testosterone, which is a whole other set of issues. But as we talk about girls going through those teen years, the hormone swings can be dramatic. Mm -hmm. And uh, you've lived through that.
0: I have. And uh, one of the things I'm really grateful for over the years... Uh, here at Focus on the Family, uh, has to do with the connections, the people, the, the, the folks I've met who have great heart and expertise when it comes to things like just practical parenting and, and marriage. And our guest today, Susie Schellenberger, is one of those folks that is a, a go-to resource. She's going to be a household name to many of our listeners because she served here at Focus on the Family as the editor of Brio Magazine for 20 years until Focus on the Family discontinued our teen magazine efforts. Now, she's a former youth pastor and public high school teacher, and she has a magazine for Christian teen girls called Suzy Meg, and she's written more than 40 books, including What Your Daughter Isn't Telling You. And Susie, it's so nice to have you back here.
2: Thank you, John and Julie. It is great to be here. I feel like I'm just right back at home. You are right back at home. (laughs) It feels good to be back at Focus.
1: And Susie, let me ask you, did you ever dream that God would call you to
2: this ministry uh, to thousands of teenagers? No, um, you know, my heart's desire was always to bring teenagers into intimacy with the Lord, but I never knew that it would be on this scale. But, but that's the excitement of serving God. He dreams bigger than we do, and He's always thinking outside the box. And He will always call us to something beyond ourselves. Now, for parents of teenagers, we want to know what's inside
1: our kids' heads. We want to know the things that they're dealing with that maybe they're not telling us. They tell you. They email you. They Facebook you. You talk to thousands of
2: them. What kind of stress is the average girl under today? Well, Julie, um, the average teenage girl today is under a barrage of stress. Uh, not only is she, is she under an explosive amount of hormones that are just now waking up, but everything in her private world and also her social world is changing, and it's changing every second. I was asked uh, two months ago uh, by CNN's HLN News to be a guest on their news show uh, to discuss the stress that a mother of two teenagers was under, and you might remember hearing the story in the news. She was under so much stress with her teens that she shot and killed them. Mm. Uh, certainly not the right way to handle conflict, but her response to that was, My teens are just too mouthy. Mm. I'm just, I'm tired of the mouth. I'm tired of the back talk. Wow. Um, there are certainly some good ways to deal with conflict. So not only are teen girls under an amazing amount of stress, but their parents are under stress because they're parents of teenagers. You know you would hope, in an ideal situation, that every teen girl would have someone to whom she could go to and ask anything, and it wouldn 't be too dirty or too off the wall or or too embarrassing. And hopefully, in an ideal situation, that would be her mom, Mm -hmm. you know, and her mom would say, oh, where'd you hear that word? Oh, we don't say that in ours, but mom, I don't know what this word means. You know, someone, an ideal situation, I can ask anything to my mom, nothing is off limits to my mom, and it's just between mom and me. But unfortunately, in many situations, even in Christian homes, that's not the ideal a teen girl can't go to her mom and ask her literally anything and share her heartbeat with her. And so teen girls are writing myself or, or other people and saying, okay, well, what does this mean? And, and what do I do about that? And so we're starting to answer their questions. But my heartbeat is, please ask your mom. I want your mom to be having this conversation with you. How do I find the right bra size? You know, and, and when am I going to start my period? And my best friend just dumped me for another best friend. And, and your mom would love to have this conversation with you. Susie, as you
1: talk about stress and uh, the stress that's happening in the average home, there was a recent study that came out that said 85% of teens said that they're stressed out and that the number one source of stress is actually what's happening at home. Mm -hmm. And so home is not this haven for most teens where I can come and get recharged and process life. It's actually adding to the stress that the teen is dealing with.
2: It really is, Julie, and and that's sad because you would hope in a Christian situation our home could be our shelter from the storm, our rock, our safe place. But take a look at our economy today, and usually both parents are having to work now, and it's all they can do to pay the mortgage and food on the table and kid in clothes. And then, oh, we've also got orthodontics and piano lessons and soccer fees. And so home has become, in many situations, a volatile Place where when kids go home, that's where the stress builds, and they leave home and go to school or go hang out at the local place because that's where their stress is now being relieved instead of at home. There's tension between mom and dad. There's tension with siblings. Um, a lot of homes, as you know, now uh, are blended families, and there's tension between stepsisters and stepbrothers. And and how do I handle all that as a teenager? Plus, on top of that, multiply the fact that my hormones are going wacko, and I, I can't understand math, and I forgot about the history quiz. And and, and friendships and relationships And it's, it's almost more than a teenager can handle
0: hmm. Susie, uh, you talked about the fact That a lot of teen girls can't talk to mom uh, Why is that? I mean, you've mentioned some things just now, busyness and distraction, right. but is there something else going on there?
2: Well, John, a lot of times mom is not as available as she was 10 years ago, 15 years ago when girls were talking more to their moms. Um, girls are turning more to their friends now, and of course that's a trend that we've seen for the past couple of decades. but a lot of times mom is gone. I mean, she has a job and she's paying bills when she is home. She's not focused on her daughter. She's focused on, I have to get the supper ready for the family and I've got to get a load of laundry in and I've got to do this bit of amount of work at the computer before tomorrow's uh, board meeting at work. And, and so, um, you know, a lot of times mom just is not available. And so, mom, let me encourage you to start a date night with your daughter if you need to do that. Take your daughter out for a cup of coffee or a hamburger once a week, once every other week, and just have an hour of uninterrupted time you know, with your daughter. Uh, another reason girls aren't talking to their moms uh, is because it's tough. If you haven't already established that in your home, it's tough to get that started. But I don't want any moms listening to this thinking, oh no, now I've blown it. There's no hope. Yes, there is hope right now, but let me put this little paragraph in here real quickly. If you do have a young daughter, now is the time when she's young to be sitting on the edge of her bed, to be developing that close-knit bond. Now's the time to start, but you're listening. You've tuned in. You have a teen daughter. You and your teen daughter are not communicating effectively. You can still start now, and it seems like More often than not, we're more apt to share in the darkness than we are in the light. So take advantage of that and go sit on the edge of her bed when her lights are out and she hasn't fallen asleep yet. And just sit on the edge of her bed and ask her some questions that are open-ended, that don't require a yes-no answer. What was the best thing about your day-to-day, sweetie? Mm. What was the worst thing about your day-to-day, sweetie? Um, And then, you know, Julie, you know, as a mom, once you're taking a, a daughter or a son somewhere in the car, you have a captive audience. Take advantage of that.
1: You know, Susie, I remember someone giving me the advice probably about five or six years ago that really caught me off guard. Uh, And the person told me that the time where it's most important to be available to your kids is the teen years. And those toddler years and preschool years are so exhausting, and you know as a mom that you need to be available then. But I think it's kind of a myth that once the kids get to be 12, 13, 14, that it's okay to have more of my own life. Uh, They don't need me as much. They can fix dinner for themselves. And what you're saying that every parent needs to hear, both mom and dad, is that this period of time is when your kids need you to be available for relationship. They don't need diapers changed. They exactly. don't necessarily need gourmet meals. They need relationship.
0: Well, even as you speak, Susie, my wife stays at home. Uh, she's busy, but yes. what I'm thinking is that my girls are busy. Mm-hmm. So it's not that my wife's not available. Oftentimes, they're not available. Right. So uh, consequently, a lot of the talk time happens when I want to go to bed. <laughs> yes. My wife is in bed. Right. And my girls come in and they lay All over our bed. Uh i got to go find something else to do, and I wouldn't replace that with anything. I wouldn't trade that for anything because it's precious to see my teen girls still wanting to talk to mom. I'm not sure it always happens uh, at the level that we'd like it to. Uh, Girls just don't dump everything on mom, do they?
2: No, um, not at first, but here's a way to get your daughter to be a little bit more open. Let's say that you have a teen daughter who's not sharing with you and you you want to start that process. Um, I would suggest getting a fun notebook, decorating the cover real fun, uh, just between you and me, something like that, and um, start out with something fun on the title page. Uh, What are your three favorite meals that we have to eat in our house? That's a non-threatening question. It doesn't take any time really to answer that. Give it to your daughter. She answers those three questions, and then she writes you a question, Mom. Um, And it can be about anything. Tell her there is nothing off limits in this notebook. And then she gives it back to you. It might be a day later. It might be a week later. But you keep this ongoing process. And slowly, Mom, you start asking her questions that are a little bit deeper and that require a little bit more thinking. You go from what are your three favorite meals to if our family could take an all-expenses-paid vacation anywhere, where in the world would you love to take our family? Okay, that requires a little bit more thinking. A few more weeks later hey um, let me tell you honey the three top qualities I see in your life that will make you an amazing mom and wife someday okay you're getting a little bit deeper and you're affirming your daughter at the same time and she's beginning to ask you things um, and then maybe a, a few more weeks go by and you're saying things like like honey what are the three top qualities that you're going to want in your future husband mm-hmm. and how many kids do you want someday you know, what what do you want to do for a career you're moving her on to a deeper level and now you start asking questions 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 about um, her present life, you know, like, um, what's the the, uh, most stressful battle you face on a day-to-day basis at school? What was the most tempting situation you face on a daily basis? Because I want to be praying for you about that. And you move into spiritual questions and and prayer for each other, and it's non-threatening when you write something in a book, because I don't have to look in your eyes, Mm -hmm. and I don't have to know how are you going to react when I tell you this thing and sooner or later your daughter will start sharing things with you and start being more open with you through the notebook than she might be in person but it's going to also enhance the time that you are together Mm -hmm. she will start being more open with you Mm -hmm.
0: our guest today is Susie Schellenberger I'm John Fuller and our host is Dr. Julie Slattery and we're going to be getting into some sensitive material here that really isn't intended for younger listeners
1: Susie, that's a great idea particularly for those moms and daughters who don't even know how to start a conversation that's a Mm non-threatening way. Uh, Now, I remember being a teenage daughter. It was quite a while ago. But perhaps the thing that bothered me the most during those teen years was body image. Mm. I really struggled with that. Um, I would wake up every day and feel fat and count my calories and uh, just really worry about that to to the extent that for a while it was really obsessive. Now, I know that hasn't changed for girls. As a matter of fact, it's probably become more of an issue. What are you hearing from teen girls regarding that whole struggle with, um, I'm not beautiful, I don't look good enough?
2: Well, Julie, you hit the nail on the head. (laughs) That is exactly what teen girls are saying. And, of course, a lot of that body image comes from what they see on television and movies and in in, uh, secular magazines. And the key to that is mom And dad, help your daughter realize that her self-image and her self-worth, her security and her self-esteem are based in an intimate, growing relationship with Jesus Christ. That's eternal. And if I can really get intimate with Jesus, I'm going to become a confident young lady. Now, let me just ask you about that. And we're going to dive
1: into that a little later in our conversation. And there is certainly truth that our identity is first and foremost and foundationally in who God made us. But we live in another reality, Uh, you know, and if a parent says to a teen girl, you know, it doesn't matter what you look like, it doesn't matter how much you weigh, I love you anyway, The reality is that that teen girl will walk all day long in an environment where it does matter what she looks like. Um, Boys will make comments about whether she's pretty or not. She'll be asked out on dates based on her appearance. She might have friends or not have friends because of how she looks. And so she's living in a dual reality of the spiritual truth, Mm -hmm. but also
2: a world that does judge her based on appearance. How do you wrestle with that? Well, that is a battle. Um, And and again, a mom needs to be constantly affirming her daughter as well as the daughter's father. If she has a father in the home, uh, they need to be continually saying, honey, you're beautiful. But of course, yeah, it takes more than hearing that from your mom and your dad. And two, also moms need to point out, here are the things in which you are talented. uh, And to be building up those talents and their skills. uh, So if a girl doesn't feel good about her outward appearance, but I can sure sing. You know, I can sure um, do the pole vault. You know, I can sure run that 40-yard Dash. she needs something in her life that she can feel really good about herself. And when she finds that something, plus a secure relationship with Jesus, many times it will um, begin to overflow into the whole body image thing. But for girls who are constantly down on themselves, I weigh too much or I don't look the right way, moms can still come into that reality world and say, you know what, honey? Together let's join a gym and let's start working out twice a week or let's start working out on Saturdays. Together, let's just walk around the block two times every single evening before dinner or together, let's go on a little I hate to use the word diet because as soon as I say that, girls are going to rush into an eating disorder and as you know, as a psychologist, that's already explosive. So I Mm -hmm. hate to use the But, diet, but but honey, together, let's see if we can cut out sugar for a week or whatever. But it takes mom entering that world with her and taking her to the makeup counter in the mall at Clinique and saying, let's get a free demo done on you. Let's see what looks best on you um, and how to apply it properly and And, what your colors and shades are.
1: Even as you're talking about that, there's such this tender balance between... Let me help you with your appearance without overemphasizing it. You know, I can mm. think of a couple very benign comments that my parents made to me as an 11 or 12-year-old uh, that were not critical at all, but I took them that way, yeah. and they sent me down a spiral of almost a full-blown eating disorder. Mm. Uh, and girls around those teen years are so sensitive to a little <laughs> suggestion of You know, maybe you should cut out sugar for a while. How does a mom and dad encourage their daughter in the appearance, again, without sending the message that you're not acceptable the way you
2: are? Well, I think if we can make it sound like it's their idea, (laughs) you know, mom, I really want to lose weight, or oh, I'm just so fat. You know, honey, I need to cut some sugar out of my diet. Would you help me do that? And together, let's work on this for, in other words, I didn't bring this up, but you did. And so, you know, that little playful twist on, um, you know, on the whole thing of let's go shopping together and let's look for some colors that really uh, make you look your best um styles that make you look your best that enhance your body image we're all shaped differently but there are certain styles that look great on a pear shaped body versus a stick figure um, and that's where mom can come in without making it seem like you need to get a different kind of dress for you. Those slacks look terrible on you. We need to get different kind of jeans. You know, there is a way to do that delicately. But right, parents know almost anything that you say can be turned around and twisted because these are sensitive ears, you know. um Oh, you did your hair differently today. Why are you always on me about my hair? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just <laughs> Re- noticing that were at my house earlier today. <laughs> you know, so we do need to be careful. Um, do you, honey, you don't really need that second piece of dessert. Why do you always say I'm so fat? You know, we do need to watch what we say as parents and just know during these six years between 13 and 19, almost anything I say can be blown out of proportion. So go the extra mile and be insensitive and watching what we say. How about the impact
1: of things like teen magazines and just the media that portrays a, a truly unrealistic view of what we're supposed to look
2: like? Right. Well, it is unrealistic. And during my days here at Focus with Brio, um, we got so sick of, of all the Photoshopping and stuff that teen mag- secular teen magazines would do and girls would write us. And like, I'll never look like this. And, and we had a policy of very rarely would we touch someone up on our cover. I mean, uh, I remember one time we did a, profess- a story of a professor wake uh, wakeboarder, and she was real sunburned. So we kind of lightened the sunburn on her skin. But hey, if someone had a big nose, she went on the cover with a big nose. I mean, we weren't going to Photoshop that out. And so we uh, went to the trouble of doing a two or three page layout on one of our issues and showed our readers, this is exactly what can happen in a photo shoot and photoshopping, and took an ordinary teen girl who wasn't model, stick figure and didn't have the smoothest skin and by the time we were finished with her, looked like she could have been on the cover of 17 Magazine and just showed our readers, this is what Photoshopping can do. We don't do this in Brio and we don't want you to keep falling for it when you see this in other magazines. Just know that it's already been Photoshopped. Nobody looks that perfect. In fact, all the tousled look and the scruffy look, even that takes hours to prepare. Mm. But you're right, a lot of the stress does come from teen magazines, and not only with appearance, but with sexuality. I read recently in a Seventeen magazine, it was a quiz, how do you know when you're ready to have sex? Well, you'll know when you're comfortable with the guy, when you've Mm. thought through what you're going to do if you get pregnant, uh, if you love him. These are ways to know you're ready for sex. Mm -hmm. And it it just angered me. And so I put a a little one-question quiz in Susie magazine. I think it was a March issue. Uh, It was called, How Do You Know You're Ready for Sex? Well, there's only one question you have to answer, but it has to be answered with a yes. Number one, are you married? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, no. That's when you know you're ready for sex. That's all there is to it. And so, yeah, not only with body image, but also with sexuality and moral standards, everything. Uh, Secular magazines are just barraging our girls with lies. Mm -hmm. You know, that brings up the issue of technology.
1: No longer is it just magazines. Uh, girls are being barraged with what's happening on the internet and uh, one thing that is going to raise concern for parents and needs to is the issue that pornography is no longer a boy's issue. Mm. It certainly is a boy's issue, but it's now capturing many, many, many of our teen girls. And for some moms and dads listening, this might be a little bit of a wake-up call.
2: What's happening? Well, Julie, I get a lot of emails and letters from teen girls who say I'm embarrassed to admit this. But I'm into pornography. Never planned on it, but it, I just stumbled onto it. And now I'm hooked and help. I don't know how to get out of it. And it is a huge girl thing now. Um, and again, I hope it's something that teen girls can eventually talk to their, their moms about. I need help in this area or their youth pastor or youth pastor's wife or a Sunday school teacher, an adult female who's a strong spiritual uh, an example in her life. And also, Julie, you know, with the, the sexting uh, that has just mm. exploded now. when Girls are just, well, Susie, it's just a jo- I'm just joking about it, the stuff that I'm sexting, this picture, or these, you know, whatever. Uh, no, girls, is not a joke. Uh, that's a sin problem. It really is. You know, when we're when we're putting ourselves out there for the opposite sex, that's not a joke. Uh, that becomes a spiritual issue. It becomes an issue of integrity. And I try to help girls understand, too, that whatever you put out on the Internet, your Facebook page, your MySpace, whatever, your tweets, whatever you're putting out there, it is out there. And now colleges and even uh, professional businesses have uh, these people that they hire professionals Professional companies who go out and search and can find all the stuff that you've put out there. So a 15-year-old girl who's bragging about her sexual escapades or doing this or that on Facebook and she can't figure out when she's 18 why she can't get into the college of her choice. And they're coming back saying do you realize when you were 14 and 15, you know, what you were putting out, we don't want that kind of student in our university. Is that really happening? It really is happening. And when girls are applying for a job, if they're this is my dream job, and the, the employer says, you know what, no, Oh, I'm sorry, because this is what came up when we did the search. And, you know, who knew back six years ago, eight years ago when I was 13 or whatever, when I was bragging about Tony and I did this or, you know, Jason and I or whatever, that it would haunt me now and come in the way of me getting my dream job. Girls have to be careful what they put out there. It's out there.
1: Wow, well John, you know, as we talk about all these things that teen girls are facing, all mm-hmm. the temptations, all the trials, yeah. it it's so complicated but it's also so simple in what Susie's saying that it's all about relationship mm-hmm. relationship <laughs> yes. with mom and dad relationship with the Lord. And if we can focus on those things, then the power of the enemy becomes that much less in our teens' lives. Mm -hmm. Um, So Susie, thank you so much uh, for the encouragement and also giving us a glimpse into what's going on in our daughters' heads and how to really help them uh, through these really dangerous years. Thank you, Julie and
2: John. My privilege to be here.
0: Mm. And as I've noted, I'm the dad of three teen girls. And so I appreciate, Susie, the uh, things that you've addressed, some of the difficulties. And the practical tools that you've offered to parents to help us better connect with our teen daughters. And if you're not to that stage yet, then get ahead of the game and be better prepared through programs like this and other related resources. Our program today provided by Focus on the Family and on behalf of Jim Daly, Dr. Julie Slattery, and the entire team here, thanks for listening in. I'm John Fuller.
3: I think most parents out there have heard that the teenage years are reputably difficult, both for the teen and the parent. And as we listened to the discussion today about dealing with teen daughters, my ears were very attentive to what was being said. I have three girls. Two are already teens. But the greatest thing I learned today was to hold tight to the relationship with our teen The resource we're recommending is a book by Jim Burns called Understanding Your Teen, Shaping Their Character, Facing Their Realities. Whether you're facing serious troubles or need simple tips for a better family life, this book offers help and hope. Another fantastic resource we have available digitally is the Launch into the Teen Years Kit. It's a dynamic video based program created by Focus on the Family to get you and your preteen talking about how to make great decisions and soar with confidence through these crucial years. You can access these resources when you visit our website at safamily.co.za or call us on 031 716 3300 to order. Thanks for being with us today. I'm Alison Schnell for Focus on the Family Africa, inviting you back next time when we'll, as always, help you and your family thrive
0: in Christ.